Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Jordan Speed fell victim, as so many have, to the final brushstrokes of the Renaissance Club on Friday afternoon, posting back-to-back bogeys to enter the weekend, even Steven, and with a seaside cliff measuring seven shots to summit. He stayed on campus at the Scottish Open headquarters, perhaps because he understandably feels at home there. His many magical moments on the peninsula hang on the rented wall. Saturday morning held with it the promise of a fresh slate and new opportunity to succeed big or to fail big. Because he is a swinging pendulum, shape-shifting between every round, at sometimes between every hole, at others between every shot. Sometimes, while deciding his attack as he provides running commentary with caddy Michael Greller, himself, or just the world. On one hand, Spieth is the most reliable thing in sports. His ride, though, screams along the track of unpredictability. That's what he's going to give. It is vexing and exhilarating to watch from afar, and he has the rarest of athletic gifts. The ability to take the viewer inside his mind and to live vicariously. Saturday announced itself as the good Jordan variety as a 19-footer yielded an opening hole birdie. The friendly third offered up another realized score. An uneven approach steered into a bogey at number six, and on his next trip to the green, an eight-footer stared him down and offered to lure him into danger, like a more picturesque Pennywise. Spieth, though, centered it and stayed on the safe road with three straight pars. Still six shots behind Cameron Tringale, Spieth needed something special. It came in the form of a second shot on the par five number 10 that veered right and found a secret pathway to the pin and an eagle. Lynx golf giveth and it taketh away. This time it gave it. At number 15, he stood 108 yards from the cup and discovered the exact right distance and direction. It was the first time he'd hold out from triple digits since last year's hole in one at the Arnold Palmer. It was a sight for sore eyes and it opened them to the very real possibility that the springboard into next week's open could be fully utilized. That Sunday would reveal an opportunity to win in comeback fashion, showing the very guile on display across the pond when he was at his very best. 17 and 18 loomed, and so too the memory of the drop shots 24 hours ago. Spieth calmly saved par with the 14-footer on the former and rattled the 34-footer off the rim for another par on the latter. With the North Sea tide changing and the wind playing tricks, it was a lofty number to chase. 66 today, four under for the tournament. And surely, not so much slowly, Tringali came back to earth after an early bogey. Those who entered the day looking down from the scoreboard at Spieth dropped to him, then passed him. Xander Shoffley, who was rounded into his most consistent form, could sleep on the lead. Yet he couldn't sleep on whatever version comes out wearing Under Armour for crunch time. What will the final round hold for Spieth? We don't know. Hell, he can never know. 
The valleys are so dark, yet the peaks are basked in the brightest sunshine. The journey can be unsettling, yet it is always a joy to view. Well, obviously, I wrote that on Saturday night. This is Kyle Coster. Welcome to the Kyle Coster Show. Just a classic speed round. Perhaps my favorite thing in sports, when he's playing well, when he's overcoming himself, when he's making a move. It's exhilarating. There are no guardrails on what he's going to do. And this Scottish Open, which wrapped up yesterday, won by Xander Shoffley, who did have the medal to win. This guy just keeps on entering tournaments and emerging as the victor. Perhaps it's time to take notice. It's long been the bugaboo of his career that he's been unable to close, but that seems to have changed. Spieth put himself in great position to win, and he played one under golf through most of the day before just tragically posting a double bogey, then a bogey as he closed things. But honestly, I saw from him what I needed to see to believe that he could conjure up all his Lynx golf skill at the venerable open starting in a few days. He attacked the course the way it needed to be attacked. He made putts. He got himself out of trouble largely. He was steady Eddie. He avoided bogeys until he could not, and that ultimately spelled his doom. But it is a joy to watch him play golf in Scotland, and it is a joy to go into the Open Tournament with, I think, realistic hope and expectations that he competes. It is my favorite golf tournament. It is my favorite major. This year, it being at St. Andrews is just a cherry on top of the Sunday. I'm thrilled to watch how everybody plays it, but no one more so, as always, than Jordan. Uh, I remarked yesterday at my baseball game that there's nothing better in sports than Spieth with a chance to win on Sunday. More often than not, recently, it's resulted in a close call, a second-place finish, maybe a disastrous day, dropping him down to eighth. But he is still, when he's on his game, one of the best golfers in the world. And the storyline, while this was all playing out, was this rumor that cropped up that he was negotiating with Live Golf, which sent me into a tizzy. I couldn't believe what I was reading. Simply didn't understand how someone who's been so pro PGA Tour could even consider this. It would have ruined him for me forever. But luckily, he put out a statement that said this was all a bunch of baloney. I think of all the players on tour, he is the most committed to staying put. And he reaffirmed that publicly. Nothing has changed. Jordan Spieth will remain one of the faces of the PGA Tour, which will be how I watch golf going forward. And if he can get that major, if he can win again in a place that he has played so well, oh, it would just be extra special. It would just be wonderful. Um, I'm going into the week loving that possibility, and I cannot wait to write more about what Jordan does because if it's good, it's great. If it's bad, it's great. If it's in between, it's great. It's just wonderful to have a muse like this that inspires such joy and disappointment and hanging on every shot and going along for the ride with him, which I think 
as I stated, he does better than anybody. He opens up that window into his soul, into his heart, into his mind. And you can pretend that you're him out on that course. Golf is very much a vicarious viewing experience. And no one allows you to live more vicariously than Jordan Spieth. Javi Baez has been, largely, a disappointment for the disappointing Detroit Tigers. The stats are pretty irrefutable, and the general vibe has been lacking since he donned the old English D over his electric frame. But, and this is going to be some extremely unscientific analysis here, the man is the consummate entertainer, and he makes it easy for fans to love him. Baez just ripped a two-run home run in the series finale against the Chicago White Sox. Then he told the heckling, jeering fans that he'd gotten all of it. He stood, as he's done all weekend, like Russell Crowe and Gladiator, delighting in the sadness and hate emanating on the South Side and asking if the angry masses are entertained. Baez collected a hit in an RBI on Thursday night and two hits and two RBI on Friday night. After each knock, he basked in the booze and asked the guaranteed rate masses to bring it on because he can handle it. More specifically, because he thrives on it. The Baez experience has been maddening. And spinning a 615 OPS is a job for the Baghdad Bobs out there. All things equal, I and most other Tiger fans are wishing the Carlos Correa ship would have come into port. Yet there's something so alluring about watching this guy play the villain. It's been a forgettable summer in Detroit, with the Tigers limping out to a second consecutive abysmal start and essentially getting hit with the plague in the injury department. Baez and the other free agents who were supposed to help the franchise take the next step have been underwhelming. With each passing episode, though, I cannot help but find myself falling into deep appreciation for a shortstop who knows he has unlimited potential and never blinks. Few players have ever been able to operate in this headspace, and the injection of life and energy has coincided with a six-game win streak. It's a mountain to climb, Yet these Tigers don't feel like the old Tigers. They feel different and full of life, full of screw you, full of themselves, yes. But for right now, that's a good thing. I would run through a brick wall for Baez because of how he plays the game, not necessarily how well he plays it. To channel that volume at all times, to move with warranted cockiness, and to play with an edge. Damn, it's alluring. Now, obviously, that was a Sunday afternoon post, and the Tigers would go on to lose to the Chicago White Sox, only splitting the four-game series, a defensive misplay from Rex Grossman. I'm sorry, Robbie Grossman. Wow, I do that all the time. My brain is forever addled by the Chicago Bears quarterback that piloted them to the Super Bowl somehow. That happened. But the Tigers winning six in a row, and playing with new energy, passion, and confidence has been awesome to watch. And even though this season is going to go down as a total loss in the standings department, I don't think it's going to be a total loss from the developmental perspective because young pitchers have come in and looked good. Riley Green has been as advertised. The long slumps that the veterans we're in have largely gone away. Jonathan Scope is hitting the ball. Baez, who was highlighted in that piece, has been on fire. 
Jamer Candelario looks competent again. Now, as we sit more than halfway through the season, the Tigers are 12 games under 500. But they've played 500 ball since that awful start that we didn't see coming, that we hoped was in the rearview mirror. And I don't think it's crazy to think that they can improve in the second half. The March for 500 is underway. A soft schedule leading in to the All-Star break gives them the opportunity to at least dream of competing in the AL Central. Do I think they're going to do that? No. But it's nice to see that they didn't fold up, lick their wounds, and die quietly. A.J. Hinch is a manager who gets his teams to fight, and the Tigers have been fighting. For now, I guess that's the best I can ask for. The many geniuses who cover these types of things will always helpfully point out that baseball is a regional sport and every market is extremely myopic. Therefore, 30 different fan bases think they have claimed to the best uniforms. In reality, it's only something an independent arbiter can decide. And if that independent arbiter happens to be a venerable sports blog, then there's a petri dish in which content can flourish. Presenting, with no further ado, Major League Baseball uniform rankings. Okay, actually, slightly more ado in form of an explainer. Even though there's been a proliferation of alternate looks, we're considering the main home whites for this exercise. Don't like it? Make your own list. 30. Arizona Diamondbacks. Arizona has tried every single iteration under the sun, and some of them are halfway decent. But their traditional whites with the hyphenated D-backs and aggressive lettering feel like something out of a video game that could not secure the appropriate rights. The sleeve detail appears to be pulled out of an anatomy textbook. They should absolutely get that checked out. 29. Washington Nationals. There will be a common theme emerging in this list, and it's nothing intentional. Using red makes it significantly harder to make a sweet uniform. While the script Nationals is a vast improvement over the superhero font of yesteryear, the curly W does absolutely nothing for us. 28. Texas Rangers. It's a damn shame that the Rangers have been unable to make a Texas-sized impression with their game day duds. It just seems wrong. Completely forgettable, and the bland hat does them no favors. 27. Houston Astros. Make no mistake about it, the Strohs have a nice hat. Their jerseys, though, are among the cheapest looking in all of baseball, which is again a shame because the orange-dark-blue contrast is really, really nice. 26. Colorado Rockies. Purple is what sets the Rockies apart from every other baseball team, and they smartly lean into it with their myriad alternate looks. Since this list is focusing on the most basic of home whites, though, it should be stated that they're sort of bland. 25. Cincinnati Reds. Our gross and unfair bias against the color red continues as the oldest franchise in baseball finds itself in the bottom sixth of contestants. Major props for implementing a number on the front of the jersey and for using the exact amount of red blocking on the left chest. Oh man, are the reds actually underrated in the uniform department? 24, Los Angeles Angels. Okay, to this point, it may seem like this is going to be an overly negative piece of content. So let's just pause and say that around this point is where every uniform gets to be pretty dang good. 
The Angels halo hat is elite, but it is tough to pull off. The detailing and front number are, are really enjoyable, and when paired with red shoes, the look really works. 23, Cleveland Guardians. The hat is cool, and it was obviously the right move to change the name. Yet it feels like a gigantic missed opportunity to actually change the look a bit. Surely the front office pulled some test audiences and emerged with this intentional nod to the past. 22, Miami Marlins. This one was a bit controversial internally. Some of our writers don't care for the look at all. Others really enjoy it. Upon tabulating the votes, it ended up in the bottom third. Underrated? Maybe. Especially when one really studies the Marlin on the sleeve which is as good a detail that exists in the sport. 21, Tampa Bay Rays. It's frustrating to go out in public with a Rays hat and have people think it has something to do with Tom Brady. But those are the breaks. Tampa's home vibe is pulled together with a splash of color that pops and is appropriately subtle. Would they immediately look better if they weren't featured at Tropicana Field? Anything's possible. 20, Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee has sported some abominations through the years. They've also nailed the uniform many times. The current iteration is a solid effort, and anyone who believes they don't have one of the best logos in baseball shouldn't be trusted with any major decision. 19, Pittsburgh Pirates. Classic and clean, the Pirates benefit by having a bright yellow explode out of a midnight black. They may be the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to nameplates, too. Players who opt for high socks can look mean and lean. More should. 18, Kansas City Royals. What a gorgeous shade of blue. Versatile and pure, these threads work during the day and in the evening. Special attention should be shown to the cursive chest work among the top in the game. 17, Seattle Mariners. The best part about the Mariners scheme, and it can be said for the Seahawks as well, is the mastery of the natural colors incorporated. It is appropriate homage to water of different hues, and the compass adds so much. 16, New York Mets. One underappreciated element of the Metropolitan's look is that it incorporates the New York City flag derived off the Dutch Republic. A little history lesson for you there, folks. The interlocking NY is also superior to the Yankees design. 15, Philadelphia Phillies. We all know that the Phillies dominate in the throwback department, yet their traditional home uniforms are unique and equal parts fun and historic. It truly is magnificent what a pinstripe can do for a pant. 14, Atlanta Braves. This one takes no prisoners. From a showpiece tomahawk featuring intense detail to great work across the chest and cursive, the Braves have a signature style. Two quibbles here keep them from a top five finish or higher. The weird belt highlight and the two-toned hat. 13, Minnesota Twins. Minnesota's interlocking T and C for the Twin Cities rules. So too does the choice to use big chunky lettering with red highlights. The triple color piping on the pants and sleeves is super subtle, yet it deserves to be appreciated. Also, this may be a conspiracy theory, but I'll give it anyway. The twins' white just looks whiter than others. 12. Baltimore Orioles. A cartoon bird. Intense orange playing nicely with a classic black and white. A badass badge with the Maryland state flag they love to put on everything, including barbecue. What's not to like? No wonder Elaine Bennis couldn't help but wear team gear at Yankee Stadium. 11, Detroit Tigers. Scholars may look back at this ranking and wonder if we tried to be too impartial and therefore criminally underrated the old English D. And that will be fine because it's important to leave a legacy. It's as simple as this. 
No uniform uses negative space as well. Everyone looks cool as Tom Selleck when they put on a tiger's hat. Thankfully, the D is back to its original size after that disastrous supersize experiment. Number 10, San Diego Padres. After wandering lost in the desert for far too long, the Padres returned to the classic brown and yellow with some futuristic font and pinstripes. An A-plus move that's dovetailed with their resurgence into relevance. Our favorite thing about San Diego is that they have a sartorial personality and aren't afraid to take chances. Though they can stand pat a bit after landing on this tremendous design. Nine, San Francisco Giants. Timeless design augmented with the exact ratio of color to black, the Giants have always done a tremendous job. Their white is like a smoky fog that rolls in and coats the Golden Gate Bridge. No one in the history of the world has ever looked at that interlocking SF and not wanted to purchase a lid. Eight, Chicago Cubs. Cubs have perhaps the least intimidating design in baseball, but that makes sense as they were the lovable losers for so long who eventually learned how to win. The circular Cubs logo feels like it comes out of a comic book, and it is fun. Something about the blue always looks so good during the wriggly afternoons. Seven, Chicago White Sox. From the simplicity of the black and white to the incredible SOX snaking its way at a diagonal, there's so much to like here. The Southsiders look menacing and fresh and clean. Them clocking in at number seven may be a surprise to some. Let's hope it's a wake-up call to never sleep on these threads again. Six, Boston Red Sox. All right, now we're getting down to the elite of the elite. The detail and design on the Red Sox jerseys is spectacular, and one could argue no one has cooler numbers. Classic B on the cap, traditional piping, all of it is great. Five, Los Angeles Dodgers. There's no better use of space on a uniform than the inches covered by the Dodgers' front-facing red numbers. It may be the best element in all of sports. Throw in a gorgeous script, iconic hat, and the way the jerseys match the stadium and its near perfection. Four, New York Yankees. What's really to say? They're awesome. But people have been talking about how great the pinstripes are forever. Not going to stand on the shoulders of greatness and think we're reinventing something new. One small note, the Yankees look better, much better, with high socks. Three, Oakland A's. The white shoes are magnificent. Green and yellow screams quirkiness, which fits a franchise that's always done it their own weird way. You'll notice they too sport jersey number on the front, something most teams should consider adding. Oakland also has the best two-tone hat in the game. Two, St. Louis Cardinals. Any list like this always has St. Louis near the top and for good reason. The actual bird sitting on the bat is inspired and not at all tired. There's tradition in those threads and it really feels like any type of personal style plays well with the uniform. And number one, Toronto Blue Jays. Perhaps a non-traditional choice, the Blue Jays are both fun and classy. The typeface on their lettering and jersey numbers is nuanced and delightful. Two bold birds pepper the front of the uniform, and the piping is additive without being distracting. What an honor for them. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.